Hello, this is Matt Slick from the Matt Slick Live podcast, where I defend the Christian faith and lay out our foundations of the truth of God's Word. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours, and we are in the middle of a series of pillars. Hey, I said it right that time. If you listen, no to blankets. The, no blankets. No sleep number beds. Nothing. Pillars, not pillows. Pillars. Now, Rodney, tell us what we're talking about. What does that mean? What are we in the middle of? You know, it's Danny's topic tonight. I know, but can you set yeah, up? We'll, what we're we'll, we'll do? condemn him later. Yeah, we'll worry about that in a minute. But yeah, pillars is the old throwback to the pillars of the masculine journey that you guys had done so long ago that was really cool and you guys just kept going on and on and on <laughs> and i really enjoyed it but you guys always make fun of yourselves on this because it's like oh my gosh the the show that would never end you guys thought you'd never get off those pillars and uh so now anytime we do even two shows in a row we're, we're the constant joke inside the masculine journey is Oh, is this another pillar series? <laughs> and hey, we found one. Tools of the enemy. So in the tools of the enemy, we've uh, started off with unforgiveness. Then we went to agreements, which was about vows and bitter roots. And then busyness. And then this week is condemnation and even specifically kind of getting into how that affects the identity mm-hmm. of you. Are you agreeing with those, like we talked with agreements, and saying, yep, that's my identity, that's who I am? Or can you somehow, some way, be able to kind of shake those off and get past them. So where it's, um, yeah, it happened, but that's not who I am. It doesn't, it isn't what makes me who I am. Right. Thank you. Very good setup for that. Coming up in uh, September, September 30th and October 1st, we have the entrenchment uh, up in Reedsville at uh, a church. New. New Lebanon Church. Yeah, Thank you. you. Gotta, yeah, yeah I did, just as soon as I thought of it, it left. But yep. New Lebanon Church. And so if you want to know more about that, that just is... north of Israel. It is what? <laughs> it's, what what's Lebanon. a four-letter four word that's good? It's F-R-E-E free. Free. That's right. It is free. So if you don't have any money... Well, how much does it cost, It's still Robbie? free. But it's not actually in Lebanon. No. It's, it's just north of Reedsville, but not north of, Le- of Israel. It's not, well... <laughs> no, it, it's far. New Lebanon, which is north of Reedsville. Yeah, if we're confusing you, we'll try again. Entrenchment, it's the last day of September, first day of October. We start on Friday evening around dinner time, then have a session, uh, come back on Saturday. It's not a stay there kind of thing. You go back home, you come back the next day, and then we're done by around dinner time again. And so it'll be. It's going to be a great thing but if you want to dinner know more time about. in Indiana, not in North Carolina. So supper time. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lunch, dinner, supper. They're all kind of in there. And so yeah, please join us. Go to masculinejourney.org. At the very top, there's a banner that says entrenchment. Click on that. From there, you can click on the email to let us know who all is coming. And right below the entrenchment banner is the boot camp banner. 
What's huh. that, Sam? Well, if you've never heard of a boot camp, this is your first show. <laughs> and so welcome. We're glad to have you here. But it's coming up November uh, 17th through 20th at the uh, the great place in Moxville, Carolina Bible Camp. What an amazing place to have a, a boot camp. It's a, a great weekend and encourage you to go register. Um, you know, finances are an issue. You know, reach out to us. We might be able to help with some scholarships. You know, uh, we just love to have you there. We know God would love to have you there. And I got to tell you, it's been the most impactful thing that's that's happened in my life, that God's done the most work at these boot camps. And and I know that's my story. It's a lot of the guys' story in here. And, and just have and a, Especially even on what we're talking about tonight, and yeah. tonight's topic, is, you know, I really wonder if I'd had any work on, on allowing him to lift some of that condemnation off my identity had not I had not I attended boot camps to begin to see the process mm-hmm. of getting your heart back, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. condemnation is part of what you know holds you down. Yeah, it keeps you in bondage. Yeah, and when you see other men that have overcome that, because I, I still just think back to those days when I was like sitting there in the chair after one talk after another, and I'm like learning more about who you guys are and what you've been through and just the fact that you can share those intimate things about yourselves. And it was like, it gave me hope that like, wow, I can overcome the same thing that you guys are going through with pornography and things of that nature that you had. And it's like, wow, I've, I had those same thoughts. I had those same things. I'm calling myself that. And and it's like, okay, I can, I can get past that. Mm -hmm. That's very hopeful. It is, and, and what's really cool is God comes in and, and does that healing. He does that restoration. Uh, there's no more foothold. You know, yep. And what we're talking about tonight is how the enemy continues to try to get foothold. right? Or maybe you're in the middle of he's got you just wrapped up in it. right? You're in the enemy's cocoon kind of thing. You know, He's got you wrapped up in this condemnation. And that, the truest thing, that's not the truest thing about you. Right? There, for there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ. Right, and that's what we hear, and that's what our head kind of interprets. But that's not always what our heart feels, as Robbie was saying earlier on the other show. And so, Danny, we we move over to you for uh, your clip. You want to tell us a little bit about it, or anything you want to add before you do that? Yeah, point of clarity: Jesus and the disciples had the Last Supper. It wasn't the last dinner. Just point of clarity. Um, that must have been in southern Israel. It was. Okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was the last supper. supper, You're right. Good point. Just point of clarity. I will always call it supper from now on. (laughs) Good deal. No, I won't. (laughs) The clip is from the Waltons, and I've got some condemnation about another wholesome clip, I think is what the words were. But um, I love the show and grew up watching it, and the, the, the title of it is called The Sinner. And it's, it has John Ritter, and Jim pointed out there's quite a bit of Johns in here, John Boy, John Walton, and John Ritter. And he has come out of seminary, and he's supposed to be this new Baptist preacher, and he's going to preach this all-day service. Well, him and Grandpa end up at the Baldwin Sisters, and they have some of the recipe, which is moonshine that their daddy made, and they've carried on the tradition. And... He indulges quite a bit, and so he shows up at the at the tent drunk. And, of course, the lady who's his mentor, she piles condemnation on him. And so the clip is from when he shows up that day, 
at the Walton house to get his stuff. He's just going to disappear. He's just going to go away and throw his whole ministry career away and everything, and that's where we'll pick the clip up. They're all gone, son. Uh, I'd like to get my things, and I'd be obliged for a lift to the nearest bus stop. What about the all-day service? I recognize how hollow and righteous all my words were. Both of you were quicker to realize that than I was. What are you going to do? I guess my call to the ministry was faulty. I'll, I'll try to be worthy of whatever else the Lord wants me to do with my life. You're quitting? I don't see as I have any choice. A man cannot ask other men to lead their lives better than he is capable of himself. Morning, Miss Prison. Sorry to interrupt. Why have you brought that man here? I brought along the preacher we all came to hear. I'd like to hear myself. If he speaks, I shall leave. Now, Miss Prism, uh, Matt Fordwick here is a trained preacher. He's trained to preach the word of the Lord. That's worth hearing for my money. Little of it as there is. It is not worth listening to a drunkard and a public sinner. That's true, John. Well, I read the Bible, too, you know, and uh, seems to me there's a story in there about another public sinner. And uh, it says something about, uh, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. I am a sinner. I guess I don't need to tell you that. But I need to admit it. You know, the... Uh I was thinking as the clip was playing, and you know, John Ritter is, has embraced the fact that he's thrown his ministry away, and it and he, what he says is that my call to the ministry was faulty, and I've probably lived that sentence out for many years. Is that I felt like my call to ministry was faulty because of you know sin, because of you know the journey I'd been on and that kind of thing, but. Thank God for men like John Walton or, or, you know, pastors that have come along beside and, and spoke into my life and, you know, let me know that that's not the case. And that, you know, and, and even greater than that is God putting his fingerprints on and go, no, I called you to do something. Yeah, we've, we've wandered through the weeds, but we still have a path to go on. And you know that was that was why that clip spoke to me, and I, I love that episode for lots of different reasons. There's so much comedy in it, but you know, and that's life because it wasn't just ministry. There were times in my life I just felt like my my call to being alive was faulty at times. Just the the all the the attacks of the enemy, and you know, just seemed like mess up one of that thing after another, and you know, pornography the whole nine yards, and just. You know, the enemy just is relentless sometimes, but God is more relentless. So, mm -hmm. so as you were attacked, uh, if you don't mind sharing, what did those attacks look like? What were some of the labels that he tried to get you to buy back into? Well, I mean, alcoholic and an addict, and you know the you know a pervert, yeah. a you know just less than a man. Mm -hmm. 
you know, a poor father, you know, and because, you know, most of my life was just trying to put life back together, it seemed like, because there were so many pieces mm-hmm. and spent more time. Should be really good at puzzles, the way I, best <laughs> I can tell. But that that was how the enemy came after me, is, is those kind of things. And, you know, how could you be a minister? Right. You know, you have, you don't have a degree. You know, he's come after me in, in every way. And interestingly enough, in a conversation Robbie and I were having earlier, is that, you know, I think Jesus has said, Danny, do you love me more than these? And that's probably a real good question in my life right now. So, mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate you opening up and sharing that because it, it's helpful for other people to hear because the things that he's attacking us with, he's attacking them with. It may be a slightly different word, but it's his exact same protocol right? that he's after. Jim? I think I've shared this story before, but it's been a while, and it really hit me as I was listening to John Ritter in his sin. When I was in divinity school, I was at a point where uh, my heart wasn't where it was supposed to be. I took a semester off, and then when I was ready to come back, I headed back, but I was told, no, we have to decide whether or not we should accept you back. And uh, long story short, during that process, uh, the dean of students said, we just want to make sure that you're not going to be in, an embarrassment to the cause of Jesus Christ. And that smacked me upside the head big time. And and on my drive home, I had about an hour ride to and from Divinity School. On my ride home that day, I said, God, if I'm going to embarrass you, just take me out now. And a month or two Later, I was at the same place in my drive. They did accept me back, but uh, I was at the same place, and I thought about that moment, and I very clearly heard God say, Jim, you embarrass me every day, but I love you. Our sin does not separate us from Christ. Christ separates us from our sin, and if we can keep that in mind, Reminds it's, me of it's the a scene. victory. Reminds me of the scene in Bagger Fans where he says, "Oh, it's been embarrassing for quite some time." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, and or, I love that scene. That might be why. <laughs> or from uh, our, our friend uh, John uh, Lynch. John Lynch. My my my. That's a lot of sin. <laughs> but we'll get to it, right? Well, when I was listening to that clip, two things crossed my mind. Yeah, one being, wow, how far TVs come from from uh, having a good moral message, you know, on most shows. And the other thing that perplexed me is my parents absolutely loved that show, but they weren't Christians. And it just makes me wonder. Now, granted, there were only three stations, and it was probably the best of the three, you know, and it was a good show, but it was we didn't miss it. It was on every week in my house. You know, so then again, it was Hee Haw, and I don't know how to reconcile that <laughs> altogether. <laughs> <laughs> Rodney, you're up. It's your clip. Uh, well, first, before that, just on Danny's clip, oh, yeah. where he's, John Ritter's condemning himself, you know, that, hey, I, I can't preach to others because I'm a broken man and I can't call people to something higher. And I'm like, well, we would have absolutely no pastors at all because that is their job, you know, is to don't look at me because I'm lowly. I'm a sinner. Yep, that's right. Don't look at me. Look to Christ, and that's exactly what their call is. That's their mission: is to 
call everyone to Christ. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's just beautiful. And it's just like, you hear that, that condemnation and that's what ends up happening in our lives. That clip I thought had it very well, Danny. I'd love that, that it is a very good example of how far condemnation and other things can take you. And when Satan uses others to come into your life and speak into you and to have others tell you those same things that you're kind of hearing and feeling about yourself already, it just piles it on and just, okay, yep, that's who I am. That's what I am. I'm giving up. I'm quitting. Give me the ride home. Yeah. yeah. And the enemy's good about getting other people to be his mouthpiece. Yeah. Right. Yep. Eldridge teaches uh, about warfare in one of his segments, and Robbie, you may remember, but he talks about often when you get a perception of somebody else, you get a feeling when you're around somebody else, it's often their warfare, right? When you feel like I'm frustrated because, you know, they can't communicate well, you know, that's probably how they've been attacked. You know, whatever that is, that a lot of times the Holy Spirit will give us this little feeler, you know, when we're around people that we can kind of see their warfare. And, and that allows us to hopefully not step into the space where we add on to their uh, condemnation, that we can speak away from it. And the other thing is that I think is spectacular, I really do, is the idea that his power is made perfect in weakness, right? If it weren't for me being, and you know, it kind of, Paul spoke to this, but if it weren't for me being such a mess up, <laughs> God wouldn't look as good, you know? <laughs> but for somehow or another, you know, when we see him as the hero of the story in our own story, you know, that's where his power is is greatest reflect greatest you know when I, when you see something that clears looks like such a disaster as my life is at times that that you know his power made it perfect i mean it 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 becomes the obviously the focal point is him yeah it's it it's hard for us to to go there sometimes isn't it when you look in the mirror and you think about what you've done what you're doing, it, it it's really hard to sometimes do that, but that's why we have to have the brothers and sisters to come alongside that are in Christ because we see something in each other that we don't always see in ourselves. Right. Yeah, God gives us a glimpse of, of people's warfare. He gives us a glimpse of their glory. You know, he allows us to participate, you know, and whether uh, hopefully we're building people up and not tearing them down. Right. Um I can think of some real clear examples of when I get around different people, I can just feel their warfare. You know, and I have to be very intentional about my choice of words because it's almost as if they're living on the edge looking for evidence. You know, I I just need someone else to speak this negative thing into me because I know it's true, I know it's true, I know it's true. And so we own being a part of that process. God allows us to be a part of that process to to not go there and to look for affirmation points, to look for glory points to point out in people, to call out glory, which is one of Robbie's favorite things to do and to talk about. But Rodney, you have a clip, don't you? I do. This is great, man. Danny, we've been getting our pl- clips played here for a few weeks in a row. On we we might be in. Yeah, it's, it's okay. You, you you're running. <laughs> Your run of two weeks in a row, you know, first clip is, is gone, but that's okay. You were first clip in the second show. That's true. Yeah, it's still first clip. First loser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're Mr. Congeniality. Uh, so kind of like Sam, I went on a little adventure to find my clip. Um, 
it was, I couldn't think of anything, you know, what would be condemnation. I'm like, should I have something that's condemnation? Should I have something that's something opposite of that? You know, and I don't really know what that was at the time. And I was looking up and he got me to the, the newer movie of Les Mis. And I was like, saw the clip that was for condemnation in that. And I was like, no, I don't like that at all. Give me the original. And I was like, it kind of hit me that the scene where Fantine has been fired, she resorts to prostitution, and the inspector has been watching her and watches the whole scene happen out in front of the pub. And the next thing you know, she's in the jail, and then you have this beautiful picture that happens of somebody that's going after her in the wrong way and somebody's going after her in the right way. So let's take a listen. Have her taken to the prison. You'll get six months. Six months? What about Cosette? What'll happen to her? Who is Cosette? My daughter. If I don't send her to Nadia's money, they'll turn her out. Is your daughter here in Vigo? No, sir. She lives with... And she's not my concern. Inspector, please listen to my side. I know I hit the gentleman. I know I was wrong. But do they have the right to put snow down my dresses, especially when it's the only one I have and I need it for work? I don't mean to argue. It won't happen again. Inspector, please. Please be merciful. All right. I've listened to your side. You're still getting six months. Not even the eternal five. One moment, Inspector. Monsieur Le Maire? You. You did this to me. You fired me. You slugger of Le let her go. What? Let me explain, Inspector. I was crossing the square when you arrested her. I asked people what had happened, and they said it was entirely the fault of the men who attacked her. In fact, they should be under arrest. Now that you've had this new evidence, I, I want you to release her. He said I can go. He is the mayor, isn't he? Well, I'll be going then. I won't be any bother to anyone. Sergeant, who said she could go? I did. John. I'm the final judicial authority here in Vigo, and I say she is innocent. <coughs> she spat on you. She was upset. I forgive her. She insulted you. In front of my men, she defiled you. That's my concern, Inspector. No, sir, you were wrong. You and Monsieur Le Maire are the personification of order, morality, government. In fact, the whole of society. You don't have the right to forgive her for debasing all of us. You don't have the authority to destroy justice. I do have the authority, Inspector. Under Articles 9 and 11 of the Criminal Code, I can order her release. Sergeant, free to go. I cannot allow that, Monsieur. I was there. She attacked him. The decision is mine. She's free. She will not go free while I am in charge of this post. In that case, Inspector, under Article 66, you were relieved of command until tomorrow morning. Monsieur Lenin. You were dismissed. Inspector, leave. Now. I just think that's a great contrast between the condemnation and compassion you have a man in the inspector who just i mean he condemned jean valjean back in prison he's condemning him as a mayor he doesn't remember who he is at this time and then as he chases him throughout the rest of the movie and figuring out who he is and chasing him it's just condemning 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 and you see what that does to his heart it tears him apart and he ends up committing suicide in the end. And that's something we have to let go of, not only on ourselves, but for others that we'd have in our lives, forgiveness, and being able to move past that. And you can see in Jean Valjean the opposite of a guy who all he did was steal a loaf of bread because he was absolutely starving. and He was at the bottom of everything that he was. And yes, he screwed up, made a mistake, and had to pay dearly for it with all those years of hard labor. But then 
when he got rescued by God through the bishop, then next thing you know, he's turning his life around. He's got compassion for Fantine. It goes clear to the point where he takes care of Closette, who was with another family, and he went and rescued her and raised her. There were a lot of things about Jean Valjean that he was kind of hiding and running from yet because he didn't completely open himself. You know, he wasn't a perfect man, but he lived a much fuller, wonderful life with Fantine's daughter raising her and telling her about her mom and stuff because he was willing to go there with his heart. And it's like you can only live with a bad heart for so long. It just becomes hard and it's not it's not going to soften anymore. Yeah, it's true medically. It's true spiritually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so your story, you got anything to share in your story? I think the biggest thing for me is going through life thinking I'm all in this by myself. I'm an only child. Uh, just kind of always had that, well, I can figure it out. I can do it. But then as soon as I couldn't, it was it, it's just that condemnation of, See, you can't do it. You don't have the strength. You're not smart enough. You don't have what it takes. That story has re- just played itself all throughout my life. Anytime I get into a situation that's tough, it's easy for me just to go, I can't do it. I can't get there. I can't get through it, whether it's work, home, you know, anything. It it just eats at me. That, that reminder is always there. So if I fail, I, I run into that, or I don't even try. There's something I need to go set up and do. Oh well, don't even try. Don't go there. Don't don't volunteer for this or go into that. You know, that way I, I can't fail. I can't come up short because you know I'm gonna have to figure it out by myself. I have a very very hard time asking others for help. So how has God come after that? <laughs> he's come after that in a way that it's like he's given me methods like through my secular work and just actually being able to work through problem solving and doing things and actually figuring out because I had a good teacher it's like how you can actually help lead other people to understand where they're at and actually think in terms of people and their own heart and then that when you mix that with the gospel it's like oh I I can do that for anything I didn't have to just be secular things it's very spiritual things too as to where is their heart at and that asking those questions and having a spirit of uh what would i say it's trying to question and ask and be curious that's the word curious uh, that you're curious in somebody else not just eh, what can they do for me but really curious about who they are and how they got to be that way thank you so homework time it's time for you to turn your attention towards the Father and just ask Him, God, please come in. Help me see these things. See when you've rescued me. See when you've sent people to speak truth into my life. Let me see how the enemy's been attacking me. Help me to defend that. What is the deepest truth in me? When have you placed your fingerprints on me? All those kinds of things. Go do that this week. Let God walk you through that. Go to masculinejourney.org. This is the Truth Network.